we set up a foundation we sold the entire league to the foundation all the fighter contracts all the distribution contracts around the world karate.com our social media accounts literally everything and we structured the foundation such that when the karate token is issued in a couple months it's really going to govern the league so in contrast to what you might see um, in the fan token space we're not talking about changing the color of the shirt here we're talking about real governance over the league you're listening to the venture alpha podcast where we take you behind the scenes as we identify diligence and discuss private investment opportunities at the bleeding edge of web3 i'm your host mike grantis co-founder and managing director at contango digital assets a forward-looking venture firm focused on building and investing in innovative companies that make Web3 globally accessible. The Venture Alpha podcast is produced and distributed by Contango Digital Assets. You can find us online at contango.digital. Hey everyone, I'm excited to share with you my conversation with one of the founders of Karate Combat. He's chosen to be anonymous for this podcast, so for now, we're going to refer to him under the pseudonym Only LARPing. Karate Combat is an up-and-coming hand-to-hand combat competitor to the UFC. It's based on a combination of stand-up, fast-paced, striking-focused martial arts, and is growing like wildfire across social media and in over 100 countries around the globe. Recently, the founders of the league opened a decentralized organization and transferred all league IP and ownership to the DAO. By becoming the first ever sports league to be wholly owned and operated by a DAO, they're giving their fans the opportunity to play a non-trivial role in the growth and decision-making process of the league. This is one of the most interesting deals I've looked at in my time at Contango, mainly because of the intrinsic connection it has to the real world. Karate Combat is a pioneer of true decentralized ownership in sports. They are a masterclass in fan engagement and fan incentivization on full display. And if executed correctly, they will have every other major sports league on notice. Karate Combat just finished their seed round financing for the DAO and will be using the capital to add to the DAO balance sheet and to continue to grow their reach and influence of the league. So with that in mind, here is my conversation with Karate Combat. All right, I'm here with the uh, co-founder of the Karate Combat League. Uh, today, he's going under the pseudonym Only LARPing. Um, truly a uh, crypto native. Welcome to the show, man. Happy to have you. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Mike. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, let me just start off by saying, you know, starting any business is an incredibly difficult endeavor. Starting an entire uh, sports league, professional sports league, is is on another level. So tell me a little bit about kind of where the idea for Karate Karate Combat came from and those kind of early formative uh, years when you were kind of just getting started with the league. Yeah, so so the origin story of the league, uh, Rob, uh, you know, the the first the first founder of the league, uh, one of my best friends from college, he uh, someone introduced him the idea of creating a professional karate league. Karate is a sport with 100 million practitioners worldwide, this massive brand, um, and it was missing um, a professional athlete. Um, You know, WKF probably has 300,000 amazing athletes. Historically, they had locked their um, fighters out of participating in professional sports. 
um, that changed, and he recognized this big opportunity to go after it. Um, so that that's the that's the origin of the league. It was really around um, using um, using the karate brand and rule set to build a professional sport that was geared towards younger audiences. Absolutely, and we can talk a little bit about you know how you're targeting those those younger audiences. But first, maybe just tell us a little bit about how karate combat differs from some of your competitors, like like the UFC, for example. For sure. Uh, so the UFC sort of started as this uh, experiment or contest, um, shit talking contest. Really, uh, boxers would be hanging out with jujitsu practitioners. Um, uh, you know, judo practitioners, taekwondo, saying, "Look, if we got into a fight, who would win?" Um, and it was the perfect marketing catch. Um, you know, boxing was losing some of its luster, and Art Davy went out there and and he put on fights in a cage, allowing people to use any fighting style they wanted. And the hook was, "Let's see which type of fighting is the most dominant." Um, it's been going on for over 30 years. It's a settled question. Uh, grapplers, wrestlers, practitioners in jiu-jitsu win almost every fight, um, hold almost every belt. Stand-up martial artists um, think punching, kicking, some throws. It's really difficult for them to win in the UFC. It's left this very large hole in the market for stand-up fighters, both on the supply side of fighters incredible athletes without an outlet and then on the demand side for content if you don't understand the mind game that is jujitsu you might get bored of watching two men or women roll around on the mat for 10 minutes um so that's you know that's kind of the hole that the sports format fills at a super high level for casual sports fans yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, what you're trying to do as a as a professional sports league is is create an entertaining product, right? And I think you're dead on the money that people want to see action, people want to see you know aggression in the uh, in the pit, and you know tell tell us a little bit about the scoring too, because you also give uh, points for fighters that are more aggressive. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So every piece of the rule set we've designed to entertain, and another piece of it that can for people is if you have a long round and two guys are kind of hanging back waiting to counter punch or counter throw. Um, one, we shorten the rounds versus the UFC, um, you know, three three-minute rounds. Um, and then two, the scoring favors aggression. So if, it go, if the fight goes the distance, if it goes to the judges, uh, the guy who has been hanging back, been less aggressive, he's going to face a disadvantage on the scorecard. So at the end of the day, almost half of our fights are ending in knockouts or TKOs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, before we get into anything uh, regarding the karate token or the DAO, I want to kind of take a step back and just ask, you know, the founders of Karate Combat, what makes them the most... Um, you know, the, the right people for the job, the right people to create this league and to have, you know, a right to win in the space? Yeah, uh, great question. Um, you know, I think we come from a, a pretty different background. Um, I think most sports leagues are uh, built up of people who have been in the media and sports industry for their lives. Um, both Rob and I had done a ton of investing um, in the media space we both have technology backgrounds we're both entrepreneurs um, but we come at it with a different mindset 
um, a product mindset, um, an extreme scrappiness. Um, so really willing to examine each and everything from quote unquote first principles to see if what's been done historically makes sense going forward. So if you're really trying to attack um, a younger demo like this, I think you need to come at it with um, some fresh eyes and think about, you know, what really makes sense. Forget what's been done historically. Respect the tradition of these, you know, this 200-year martial art or whatever it is, but um, really look at it with fresh eyes and, 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 and build it up that way. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, clearly you guys are doing something right. Um, you guys have had a pretty me meteoric rise over the past, is it five years now? I think there's... Yeah, uh, just 30, about. You're on KC38? Yep, yep. All KC38's right. KC38's coming so, up. So tell us, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about kind of that first fight, right? Getting that, that first, uh, you know, the first, you know, product into the market. Um, what did that feel like? How was the kind of feeling around, you know creating this you know now giant and then also talk a little bit about the traction that you've had to date um across kind of social media channels and you know television uh sponsorships and whatnot yeah you can actually everyone here can go out and check out our first event go to karate.com or go to our youtube page and you can watch it all of our content stream for free and actually adam kovach uh, the league president was posting a time series in Discord two days ago of like that first pit, how it was built up. It was actually, we ran a pilot in Budapest um, where a bunch of the league contributors are based. And um, we had, you know, arguably the best karateka in the world fighting there, Rafael Gaev, who, who just, uh, who just uh, took home the belt at our last event. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, going back even before that, you know, Rob was flying around the world to some pretty crazy places, signing up the top karate athletes in the world. Um, so it's, it's a pretty wild origin story, but you kind of got to get that from him. Um, That's awesome. you have to follow up with him on it. And one thing I'd like to add, if I'm not mistaken, on that first fight, you had a Bitcoin logo on the uh, we uh, did in the in the pit. So we did. truly, this is not a new thing <laughs> for you guys. You guys are OGs. Yeah, we've been in the space for almost a decade. Um, Bitcoin logo is Open IP, and we didn't have any sponsors yet. And what's <laughs> what's cooler to throw on the middle of the mat, you know, back in 2018 than the Bitcoin logo? Love that. So let's transition a little bit, uh, you kind of into the, the crypto space. So you guys have, um, created a, a DAO and you've transferred ownership of the entire league and the IP to this DAO. Now talk a little bit about the Karate Combat DAO, why yeah. it's so important and, you know, what makes it different than some of the other, you know, kind of sports tokens, product offerings that we've seen with the likes of, you know, so rare, or, uh, yeah. or, or Chili's. For sure. So, um, yeah, we did something pretty crazy. We were in this really unique position of a couple of best friends who uh, owned and controlled this rapidly growing sports league with backgrounds in tech and crypto. Um, and we came up with this idea to use Web3 technology that we thought worked perfectly for sports fans. And we just fell in love with it, decided that if we didn't do it, somebody else would. Um, and executing on it... Um, you know, we decided we were going to do it right, which required completely transitioning to the league into this 
untested and to be honest crazy structure so we we set up a foundation we sold the entire league to the foundation all the fighter contracts all the distribution contracts around the world karate.com our social media accounts literally everything and we structured the foundation such that when the karate token is issued in a couple months it's really going to govern the league so in contrast to what you might see um, in the fan token space from Socios, Chili's, we're not talking about changing the color of the shirt here. We're talking about real governance over the league. Um, so that's kind of mundane responsibilities, selecting DAO suppliers, um, voting on budgets, you name it. But then also more engaging things like Roka's defending his belt. Which one of these three fighters should he fight next? Um, you name it. And so, you know, these votes will be pushed directly through our web app and our mobile app. Hopefully have tens of thousands of people and fans participating in these votes. But again, the DAO, um, the token, it was really to enable this idea that we fell in love with that we've branded up only gaming that we think works perfectly for sports fans could honestly change sports forever. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's why we did all this. I have to say it's probably one of the best real world use cases I've seen to date for uh, a DAO, right? And, you know, what better way to create engagement with your fan base than to give them real world um, utility uh, and, and real world decision making power on the, you know, the, the sports league that they love, love most. So I think that's an incredible, incredible feat. I'm sure the uh, business model will be copied uh, eventually, but being the first, I'm sure that gives you an incredible advantage. And, you know, also it, it creates a gap between you and the rest of the competition, right? The, the opportunity for this type of governance doesn't, doesn't work for other type of uh, other leagues um, unless you kind of go two feet in and dive right, dive deep and, and, you know, create an entire ownership structure that's that's fully owned and operated by the community. It will be very difficult for any sports league to fully copy what we're doing. Um, at least any established one. Um, it'll be it'll be pretty difficult. Yeah, I think um, I think that's an incredible incredible feat, and you know, to be the first to really delve delve into this on a on a, on a deep level. I commend you guys. Thank you. Um, so let's talk uh, a little bit about, because you guys are raising a round right now. Um, yeah. You guys are raising for the karate token. Um, and so talk a little bit about the round that you guys are raising, the valuation that you guys are coming in at and, you know, how you kind of came to that valuation. Yeah. So the, the round, um, actually by the time that this podcast is released, I think it should be finished up. Um, I'm not sure yet if we're fully disclosing the exact valuation or how we reached it with our partners. Um, but the, you know, the, the thesis behind it um, was a couple fold. One, we wanted to put um, uh, a lot of capital on the balance sheet of the DAO before the token went live. Um, we, we plan over the course of this year um, for the league to be fully uh, disclosing its financials in public on the internet 
And I think before you do that and you open yourself up for suppliers, future contributors, competitors to see exactly your financial position, you want to be in an extremely solid one. Um, so that, that was the main goal was to get that done. Also, we are sort of like a Web 2 you know, or converting to Web3, um, whatever that means. And it's it's great to bring in best-in-class funds from the Web3 space. Uh, they have a lot of audience. They bring, um, you know, you know, they bring some social proof to the entire thing for future contributors and community members. And I think it was just a logical, a logical step um, prior to launch uh, to get done. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Now, as part of that round, I mean, let's talk a little bit more about the karate token, because it's not yeah. just about the governance, but it's also about supporting your, your favorite fighters and also uh, allowing those fighters to increase their potential payouts or their potential purses based on the amount of fan bases that they have. So let's talk a little bit about all the use cases of the karate token and you know how it's more about more than just kind of uh, picking who fights who and yeah. which is an incredible, um, you know, thing in, in and of itself. But let's talk about some of the other applications, such as the uh, up only gaming app that you guys are creating. Yeah. So, again, this is what we really fell in love with. So, as I'm sure, you know, um, when someone has a bet on a sporting event, they act completely different. Right, it's like a light switch goes off in their head as compared to a passive viewing experience. They could be screaming at a TV, might not even know the names of the teams on the TV. Um, and because of that increased level of engagement, there's this massive secular trend towards the gamification of sports. Um, and you know, our dream was imagine if we could get a little bit of financial upside on every single one of our fights to every single one of our fans if we could pull that off we'd be the most mainstream sport out there we came up with a way to accomplish it using web3 technology and we just ran at it so the idea here it's it's not regulated gambling you're not risking losing the tokens that you have the idea here is the token holders in addition to governing the league for 48 hours before each event um, can vote on which fighters they think are going to win. So if you have 100 tokens, you can place 100 votes. If you have a million tokens, you can place a million votes. Um, and if you vote on a winning fighter, you earn a small amount of additional karate tokens from non-dilutive issuance. So again, you're not gambling. You're not risking losing your tokens. Actually, the way we've set it up, you don't even need to stake, lock, or send your tokens anywhere to make it happen. Um, and there's no like VIG or fee charged by the game. It's purely an engagement mechanism so that if your fighter wins, and it usually usually the way people place things like this, they are picking their favorite fighters most of the time. If your fighter wins, you're going to earn a little bit of a financial reward. And the reason that's so important is the really deep um, lasting enterprise value in sports comes from fanatics and that that emotional connection between the fan and the athlete. No matter how good the competition, no matter how great the narratives that you craft are, you always got to get people over the hump of learning the athlete's name, their background, um, their style, their training, their past records, what their chances are into the upcoming event. And that's pretty damn hard. Um, and we think one of the best ways to do that is just sl slightly financialize things because 
If you're spending time doing a little bit of research, watching the old tapes, see which of these fighters you're going to pick, you're in the game now, right? And now you know about them, you deeply care about the outcome. At the end of the day, like, if you're not emotionally invested in an athlete or financially invested in an athlete, um, you know, the competition, you know, no matter how good it is, it's a little bit boring. So, at least for younger people. So that that's the idea we came up with. It'd be completely impossible without crypto. Um, you need to control your own issuance. Um, and like you were saying, there's a, there's a part of this for the fighters too. So um, this is where it can get a little bit complicated. But we did create a real flywheel here. So 10% of the rewards for a given night actually go back to the winning fighters above and beyond their contracted pay. So they're incentivized not only um, to win, but to get as many fans as possible to vote on their fight for the night as opposed to other fights that night. So they're out there, you know, prior to an event, your component and a fight's your dance partner, right? You're both working to drum up that hype. That's what the fight game is all about, those two weeks, three weeks prior to the event, talking shit, um, you name it. And um, so, if you know, in a sense, that's your partner leading up to the event, trying to get as many fans as possible to vote on your fight as opposed to the other fights that night. And if you win, then you take home a big bonus and karate tokens above and beyond your contracted pay. Well, I mean, we, we've seen that business model succeed in other leagues with, you know, the likes of Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor kind of being the marketers of that league. And, For sure. You know, it's financially enriched them, but to have an actual algorithm in the background that, that allows each fighter, regardless of their size, to take advantage of that kind of flywheel and marketing, I think is is very commendable. That's that's great. Talk a little bit about the the roadmap for the next 12 months. Like what yeah. are some of the things that you guys are excited about as a league? Um, and, and you know, what can we look forward to as fans? Yeah. So um, I don't think we publicly announced either our event dates or the date we're launching the token. But I think it has leaked out there that, you know, the next few events happen to be in Miami. Um, so there's, and there's also some big things in the crypto world happening in Miami over the next few events. So maybe people can start to tie some dots together there. Um, but yeah, over the spring, um, we'll be releasing our applications, the token, and immediately getting people ways to play the game. Um, so we'll be clearly having a number of events as well. Uh, Post-launch, um, you know, we're really excited to get feedback from the community and work with them to um, improve the product, onboard a bunch of community members, really build an ecosystem around the league of uh, people who are excited about it. Because, you know, we're really proud of what we've built. Um, we're going to be open sourcing all of it. Um, and that includes the mobile app that we've built and are launching. And uh, post-launch, like a huge part of what we're trying to do is really build an ecosystem on top of the league. If, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 really smart young teams decide to build orgs on top of Karate Combat, we'll have, as a community, a massive advantage versus other sports leagues. So we, we're true believers in the open ecosystem go-to-market. We've already kicked it off on the IP side. We announced a couple months ago this truly permissive license, initially in the categories of NFTs and video games, and we've got a bunch of partners already building video games on top of the league, integrating the fighter likenesses into their own games. 
going to do the exact same thing on Up Only Gaming, turn the league inside out, let people, you know, make their own businesses on top of Karate Combat. Incredible. Thanks. Uh, final question for you, man. Yeah. If this, uh, to use the baseball analogy, um, you know, what inning, what inning are we in for Karate Combat and where do you guys see yourself finishing off in the bottom of the ninth? Yeah. Well, from a sports league perspective, I'd say we're probably in, you know, inning two or three. Um, and I think, you know, getting here is extremely hard, but we're still young and scrappy and small and willing to change. Um, and luckily, we're rapidly growing throughout the game here. Um, from a Web3 perspective, I mean, we haven't even launched yet, so we're still warming up, I think. Luckily, we've built it. Um, and now it's time to tell the world about it and launch it with great partners. Um, but in the Web3 world, it's all about, you know, you know, what the community is building on top of you, who wants to come and partner with you and integrate with you. And, you know, even to an extent in this world, who's going to copy you, right? We're open sourcing all this tech. If, uh, some other crazy sports league wants to come along and copy what we're doing all the better, man. Um, you know, I think that's what kind of makes it like a, a new way of doing business or like a, a new kind of like asset class type thing for the future is other people trying to copy what we're doing. And, um, I mean, frankly, if, if what we do works, I'm sure they'll try. Incredible. You guys are truly pioneers of uh, open source, decentralized, <laughs> Thanks, man. not only fighting, but sports. So uh, thank you so much for your time and really appreciate it. And, you know, super excited to see uh, what comes what comes from this in the, the next 12 months. My pleasure. All right. One final disclosure from our legal department. None of the companies featured on this show are paid promotions. This podcast is simply an extension of our diligence process here at Contango. That said, we may eventually invest in some of the projects we cover. Nothing in this show should be considered investment advice. Crypto is risky. Always do your own research and never invest more than you can afford to lose. That's our show. If you like the content, please like and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use. And don't let the alpha stop now. If you're a crypto investor, researcher, developer, or founder, we would love to meet you. You can apply to our free private alpha group where we host discussions, share opportunities, and connect some of the brightest minds in crypto. You can find more information on our website at contango.digital. Until next time, keep your ears down and alpha up.